You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here today with Jamie Ulmer. He is the Managing Artistic Director for the Community Players in Beatrice. Thank you. Mr. Elmer, for joining us today. Well, thank you. Talking about your upcoming season. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to have an opportunity to chat with you guys again. Oh, absolutely. And, and I and I have to say, I love your Monday uh, videos <laughs> on Facebook. Yes, yes. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that Monday moments. Yes, yes, is what it's yeah, yes. Monday moments. That's it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Every and Monday, uh, we go live on Facebook, uh, usually around in the noon hour, um, for about a five-minute video that explores something that's going on at the theater. Um, uh, or sometimes we'll do it in the evening, right before rehearsal. Or sometimes I'll do it on Tuesday when I forget to do it on Monday. <laughs> Excellent. Nope, I think it's great. I'm so glad that you guys are out there and, and doing sharing what you're doing down there in Beatrice. Absolutely. So, and always so many good quality productions are happening at Community Players. For and sure. I know that you've technically already started your season, but mm-hmm. we wanted to get a chance to talk to you about everything you've got planned and kind of just get a good flavor of this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. You know, this is a, a really tremendous season and a great lineup of shows that we have uh, that we're really call- we're calling it a You Gotta See This season. Okay, uh-huh. and, excellent. And... Uh, um, it's because we really want to encourage people to, you know, come out of their houses now that, you know, pandemic is mostly over and, and mm-hmm. we can all feel safe and secure going out and and kind of really fully resuming our lives uh, that we this was a season that we really wanted to be accessible for people and have a wonderful mix and variety in the types of programming. And this season really does. Yeah, everything from classics um, that everybody knows and loves uh, to new shows that are absolutely beautiful and fascinating and that will will maybe be people's new favorite things. Ah, yes. I love that you have some children's shows that are in your season. Yes. So you've already started your season with the kids' version of Singing in the Rain Jr., and you did that in July. But now you've got your next one just coming right around the corner. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so our regular season uh, opens with uh, the musical Ordinary Days. And Ordinary Days is a absolutely wonderful contemporary musical written by Adam Guan and it follows four seemingly kind of unrelated people on a series of just ordinary days of them living their lives Uh, and and it really emphasizes how we all are connected and how we can find those find beauty in even the most mundane things uh, that we maybe don't realize every day that you look at something and and you're like, oh, yeah, there's that thing. Um, but then to stop and examine it and be like, oh, there really is beauty in the subtle changes that happen every single day. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I think it's the timing of the show is absolutely perfect because it is about building connections, building community. Um, that And that's something that these four characters discover throughout the course of the show. Uh, and that's just absolutely something that we all need right now. Wow. Yeah. And that's running at the beginning of September. So you're just get, getting uh, yes. really yeah, we're, close to um, opening. Yeah. When we're recording this, we're three weeks from opening night. Yeah. So yeah, September 9th is your first day. So it's right yeah, around the Yeah, September corner. 9th through the 11th and the 16th through the 18th. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the challenge with this show is uh, as well is that it's a four-person musical and it's pretty much completely sung through. Um, oh wow! Very very little dialogue. Oh, so wow. it is oh. it is about ninety minutes long, no intermission. Okay. Um, all music all the time. Wow. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, they just the cast is just doing a tremendous job with this score. That's not an easy score uh, to sing because it's a contemporary Broadway score. So yes, uh, so yeah. Of course, it's really complex. And, <laughs> yes. And our our music director, piano player, is. Uh, is uh, playing the heck out of the piano all the time. <laughs> uh, she's, she's playing every single note. Oh, <laughs> wow. That piano has. You know, every, 90 every minutes. Every single key is getting hit. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Wow. So it's just a two, two piano. So she she has to do the whole thing on the music side. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, because it was, it was um, uh, orchestrated originally for just piano. Okay, cool. Um, I like that. Uh, and the the uh, composer, he's a he's a pianist and and songwriter. And we actually had the opportunity to interview him um, mm. uh, for our podcast. Cool. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 A uh, little plug in there for our podcast. There you Places, go. Please. Um, I can put the link in the notes. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, next, uh, um, we did a 40 minute interview with him um, about, uh, we talked about his career, about the show, uh, about musical theater songwriting in general, uh, the state of musical theater, Audra McDonald, uh, because she recorded one of his songs. Uh, and uh, it's just so we had a great interview and a great chat. Oh, wow. And how often is your podcast? Is it monthly? Um, yeah, our podcast comes out generally a week or two before a show opens. Yeah. And okay. it's kind of envisioned to be like instead of um, you going to a pre-show talk or something, yeah. uh-huh. um, oh, it's, yeah. you listen to, the, to our podcast in your car as you're coming to the theater. Right. Uh, cool. And then you know everything you need to know. Um, and you've got little bits of trivia that will that will wow and amaze the people you are sitting next to when you say, "Well, you know, the set is designed in that color because it represents the fact that that was the color that we had left in the paint shop." That's right. <laughs> that is a true meaning. No, that's great. That's great. That's cool. I that's love an that excellent idea. That. Yes. And and not in your season, but still in September. At the end of September, you're doing the last 25 years a concert, harm, oh, um, yeah. honoring Jamie Ulmer. That's you. Yeah, that is you. That's me. That's me. Yeah. 25 yeah, somehow, years. Yeah. Somehow I blinked. And 25 <laughs> years have gone by. I understand. Since I started working here. <laughs> I understand how that happens. Holy cow! Wow, 25. You turned around and look what happened. But what a dream! Yeah, ex- ex- I mean, exactly. Because you're from the Beatrice area, right? Um, no, actually, I'm from Sutton, which is out by Hastings. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I spent pretty much my entire um, professional career out of college uh, here in Beatrice Mm -hmm. uh, working for community players. And so um, this concert that is being organized by members of our board of directors um, uh, is they've reached out to people from throughout the last 25 years, and they are going to be doing a song from one, uh, at least one of the musicals, um, from every one of the seasons of my 25 seasons. Wow. And uh, they've got <laughs> people coming back from all over the country um, to uh, to reprise their songs, uh, <laughs> to reprise a song uh, um, from, sure. from those shows. Wow. So you're going to have to really compose yourself really that's going to be quite an emotional evening for you, I'm i know sure. and they they've they've seated me like in the front row and so oh. i don't know how i feel about that right i know <laughs> Oh, that is that is really, really sort of an outstanding thing that they've done for you Uh and 25 years. So, you know, well deserved. But uh, wow. Bringing it back. Everybody. That's that's going to be really special because I imagine there's many of them that you haven't seen in years Mm -hmm. and years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, if they've they've moved away. Yeah. You know, there's people coming from all over the country. How um, great is that? A lot of whom, yeah, haven't seen for a long time. Uh, So that's just tremendous that they would agree to come back and do this. Yeah. uh, And to volunteer to come back and do this because we're not not paying transportation costs or anything like that. Well, yeah. They were going to come back. That's right. And that says a lot in and of itself. Well, well how, that how exciting for you to live the dream. Is this what you is this what you imagined when you were growing up in Hastings? And, <laughs> and I mean, did did, is, did you imagine being a director of a theater, or did you have your sights on other things at the time? Um, you know, that's a that's a wonderful question. Um, and you know, I always was was drawn, you know, to to theater, um, but I always felt that uh, you know I started out like everyone does in theater um, as an actor, mm-hmm. you know, so you know as a performer as an actor, um, yeah. and I really felt like oh that's going to be a hard career 
to succeed in. Mm. Um, so then I was like, oh, then why don't I be a director instead? Because that's going to be easier. Uh, <laughs> and and people can't see, but Jamie just rolled his eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yeah, you're not knowing that you know directors are even more rare than actors, or, or more, yeah, you yeah. Know, so directing jobs are even more rare than acting jobs. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, I was extremely fortunate to be hired here in Beatrice. Um, back in 1997 and uh, the organization you know in retrospect honestly I feel you know took a chance um, because I had just graduated college that May you know I had a theater degree I, I had directed um, some professionally while I, while in school um, at summer stock gigs and things like that so it, it wasn't Directing wasn't unusual for me, but uh, I had very little experience with the administrative side yeah. of, of running a nonprofit. Sure. Um, which, you know, in I, I've, I've said before that I probably got this job career track wise 10 years before I should have. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Just because of not having the experience, the, the knowledge of, uh, you know, I could direct, you know, that was always the sure. part that was fine. But, you know, it was knowing all those other ins and outs mm -hmm. uh, of running an organization. <clears throat> and I was fortunate enough that my other degree is is uh, communication. Uh, so I had public relations courses and things like that. So I was able to kind of work that side of my degree in. Okay. Uh, and uh, but it's still it's been a uh, it was particularly in the early years uh, a on the job training uh, mm -hmm. and learning so much from the people who were involved in the organization, because when I started, there were still several of the founders who were on the board because um, community players is 48 years old now. Yeah, um, uh, 47 it's the same age as I am, and I can't remember how old I am. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, so there was a lot of learning, particularly in the areas of, of things like grant writing and, and strategic planning that I was able to glean just from exposure to the work that uh, some of our longtime board members had been doing. Uh, and now that's one of our strengths as an organization is our, is our grant writing, our, our strategic planning processes, uh, and really the management side of this organization, I think is, is like I said, one of our major strengths is yeah. just how we run community players. Okay. What an experience. Yeah. <laughs> You're living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> the dream, the nightmare. Yeah. The dream, the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that will be a really fantastic show for that night. Yeah, I absolutely. Sure. That's a busy September. And then in October, you've got four old broads opening four old broads yes. in october four old broads um this is a, a another new show um the show just came out uh, i think about two years ago is when it was written okay um and it is uh about four old broads mm -hmm. uh, who live uh, in a retirement home and uh it's just we're kind of describing it as you know if it feels like an episode of the golden girls honestly fair enough uh, yeah. That's not you a know, bad thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the show is even set in the '90s, so oh, okay, uh, so it all works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it's uh, they're just trying to live their lives and have fun, um, but then there's something maybe nefarious happening at the retirement home. Okay, uh, because there's this looming question of oh, they don't want to be sent to as they call it the dark side, mm. um, which is the wing where people who uh, who have Alzheimer's go. Mm. Um, uh, but it's, you know, they, they get put there if their memories are bad or they, mm -hmm. they're doing strange things. And so they're worried about that. But then they're like, something's going on with the new nurse. And that's where the ah. mystery of the show comes along. Uh, ah. So it's a bit of Golden Girls meets Angela Lansbury murder, she wrote. Okay. Um, Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, yeah, fun. it's just it's just a it's just a, a I'm just kind of describing it as just a popcorn chewing fun time. Excellent. Oh, and and you actually are going through auditions at the 29th of this month for that production. Yes, yes, the 29th and 30th we'll be auditioning that show. Okay, 
So yeah, so Very so good. people who women of a certain age. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one of the reasons why we one. why we picked the show as well. Yeah. Um, you know, is that it? There are four really fun roles yeah. for um, for women over uh, you know over the age of sixty um, yeah. to really just have a good time. Uh, you know, and there's not a lot of really fun roles written for that age range. Yeah, uh, for sure. And so. Uh, yeah, the, I, that's part of the appeal of the show and why it's in our season. That and the fact that it's just a fun title. Yeah, yes, totally. It is. You're going to have lots of fun promoting that one. <laughs> <clears throat> and then the one after that is in November. It's called Happily Ever Before. Happily Ever Before. Yes, um, Happily Ever Before <clears throat> is part of our Stage Door Education series, yeah. and it's produced by our Acting Up After School program. Mm. And um, that program is for students in grades uh, five through eight, and they meet here every Wednesday after school because Beatrice has a, an early out every Wednesday. Okay. Uh, and um, this is the 12th year of that program for us yeah. um, and it works out really conveniently because the middle school is literally across the alley mm-hmm. uh, from the theater oh, so excellent. the kids just come right right in the stage door from uh, from the middle school um, and so yeah it's a, it's a kind of a twisted version of fairy tales um, it's what if the villains uh, try to go back in time and uh, win uh, instead of happily ever after yeah. um, if, if the villains try try to succeed um, <laughs> and uh, the the hijinks that ensue from there oh how fun and you know really community players needs to be commended because you do so much for the kids in Beatrice to experience theater for sure. and you know I know this is just one of three shows but I know that you do quite a bit of after school things as well and you just offer a lot of programs so that mm-hmm. everyone can participate and that's really absolutely really really special that you can for do sure. that and put it yeah, together. And you know, and that's part of that's part of our mission, and I and really that should be part of any community theater's mission is mm-hmm. to make sure that you are engaging all um, aspects of your community. Right. Sure. And also, the, that's why you know we have the the youth educational things, but also you know why we choose programming you know a show that has four old broads yeah. uh, <laughs> in the leads, um, and uh, you know that mix of of drama and comedy and musical, you know, it, it's really designed to make sure that we hit all aspects of the community. Cause as I, as I say, sometimes, you know, community is our first name. Yeah. Uh, we're not the Beatrice community players. We are community players. Community players. Um, and uh, you know, community comes first for us. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and then after that, you've got a Christmas story, the musical. In That's right. December. Yes, indeed. There we go. Yeah, so you know you'll shoot your eye out. Yes. If you, if you miss this show, um, you know it's a it's a wonderful musical adaptation of the classic film, uh, and the music is by uh, Pasek and Paul who wrote um, uh, uh, Dear Evan Hansen yes, and right, Greatest Showman and all that kind of music. Yes. Um, so the music is just so fun. Yes. Um, and so well-crafted, actually. Um, and uh, the kind of the neat thing about the script, we did the play version of this show, oof, 10, 15 years ago, probably. Okay. Um, um, maybe even more than that, because you know it's been 25 years that I've been here, and sure. they're starting to blend together. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Enough. Pretty soon, I'll be a four old broad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the, the the script uh, of this uh, the musical adaptation, in a lot of ways, is this exact same script as the play version. Hmm. Uh, uh, wow. So the the play is kind of the foundation that the stage this musical version adaptation is built on yeah. uh, so it's just been interesting okay. to kind of see how uh yeah. there's the similarities to the structure and the dialogue from the play version and but then then you've got these terrific contemporary broadway songs um that fill in some of the character gaps and and tell this and expedite the storytelling a little bit and i have to say as a, as a person who um is into costuming I have always wanted to make the bunny suit. Ah-ha! I just want to say, I think that the would be so suit. much fun oh to make the bunny suit. 
For myself, too, as well. Right. (laughs) Of course. Well, you know, know, since this is, you know, an audio podcast, you know, I'm wearing the bunny suit right now. I can't see that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you've already done the play, so you already have the costume. That's true. It's already down in in the costume inventory. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's on my bucket list. That one and the uh, Carol Burnett... Just saw it. Just saw it in the window. Oh, and oh it. yes, the Those gone with two the wind are sort the of. Top yes. of my oh list. my god! <laughs> so good, so good. I've never seen a Christmas story the musical, but I've heard lots of good things about it. I have a lot of friends who have seen it at various places, and they. They love it. So. What a fun story! Yes, it's such a. Good, it really is, and you know, it's, it's one of so those, good. one of those shows that you know everybody knows it, but still everybody wants to see it again. Yeah, because uh, it speaks to everybody in different ways. <laughs> yes. um, and you know, you you always know what's going to happen, but you'll still sit down and watch the twenty four hour marathon it, on it, PBS yes. or wherever it is. Yep. And, yes, it is. Um, yep. it's true. Uh, and so you know, that's just part of the fun and the charm of of the stage of seeing it, seeing the show like that on stage. Yep. Yeah, and I would imagine in this particular show, you know, finding just the right young man to to do that that particular character would just be. So fun too. I mean, you've got to, you've got there's to some find, good, a lot of good yeah, kid roles in Christmas Story. Yeah, yeah. there's a ton yeah. of good kid roles. Um, and yeah. you know, but also uh, kid roles where you need the kid to be able to sing. Right. Um, yeah. You know that they need to be strong singers uh, to pull mm-hmm. to pull it off. So we've already been kind of uh, talking with uh, the middle school um, uh, vocal music teacher. Oh, excellent. You know, they, they already telling him, okay. Keep your eye out for these kids and <laughs> encourage them to audition. Yes, please. Uh, because we're really going to need it. Uh, it just reminds me of, oh, probably about five or six years ago, uh, we did Pasek and Paul's version of James and the Giant Peach. Oh, yeah. And again, you know, same kind of music, uh, very complex score. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you needed a James to really sing. And what a lot of places do is they cast a girl, uh, yes, uh, an older girl as James. Yeah. Well, you know, Play we cast it. We cast a boy of the right age. And the whole time I kept I kept thinking, do not go into puberty yet. Yes. Do not. Yes, please. Puberty, Nolan. Yes, you please. are not allowed. <laughs> no. Not in this and, little and window. Unfortunately, we made it by about like uh, four or five months oh, before wow. his voice started to change. Wow. Right. Yeah, it is a little bit of a For boys, uh, roll yeah. of the dice. It is. It, it happens <laughs> yeah, yeah. anytime. Oh, that's great. It's going to be fun. And then you take a little bit of a break in January, um, although I know you're busy in January still in your own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, there'll be rehearsals and things will be going yeah. on in January. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. And then you have one in February, Murder on the Orient Express. Yes, Agatha yes. Christie. Ken Ludwig's adapt- adaptation. Yes. Yeah, you know, so, you know, it's Agatha Christie's most well-known and popular book. Yeah, and, I think, yeah. And, of course, you know, people are now are a little more familiar with the Kenneth Branagh movie that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But this adaptation by Ken Ludwig was just released oh, a few years ago as well um, and has been extremely popular all over the country. I know the Omaha Playhouse did it, um, I think, last season. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's just been productions of it all over the place. But it's still such a compelling show. And one that uh, people are already, we're hearing people kind of a buzz about um, auditioning for it and wanting to be part of this story that, again, you, it's a story you know, but it still has these twists and turns and mm-hmm. uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah a lot of fun characters. Uh, if you consider murder fun. Well, right, you well, know, <laughs> Agatha Christie's always Fabricated fun. murder. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and Not of, real life. Yes. And of course, this is the one that has uh, Hercule Poirot in it. Uh, as the detective. Uh, yes, absolutely. And that's and that's uh, February 10th through the 19th. Yes, indeed. And then in March, you have another fun one, even though it's not one of your child productions necessarily. I'm sure it will attract a lot of young people, and it's called Puffs. Puffs, yes. yes. 
Yes, yes. The, or the, the as the full title is Puffs or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic. <laughs> at a certain school of magic that we may or may not have heard of before. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, kind of the official description that we're giving of this show because we have to be very careful about what we say about it. Right. But it's, for seven years, a certain boy wizard went to a certain wizard school mm. and conquered evil. Mm. This, however, is not that story. Oh, no. This is the story of the Puffs who just happened to also be there at the same time. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Uh, so you can imagine um, what this show is a parody of. Yes. Um, but I can't say it, but you can imagine it. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, Warner Brothers will not uh, go after your imagination. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> they might try. Not yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but this is a really fun satire. Um uh, spoof of, of really that whole the whole kind of fantasy genre, and this is okay. a again a relatively new show, and uh, it's just it's just uh, so much fun. And there's already a lot of people uh, here in town talking about wanting to be part of that show. Oh sure, um, and uh, and you know while there's we'll be doing two versions of it um, oh. because the the regular straight up version it's it's not for kids <laughs> oh really yeah okay um, um but then they also have a school version of it okay that's, uh, cleaned up a little bit more okay um and so there'll be two performances that we're intending to do as the oh the kind of sanitize sure okay um, which we get permission to do it so if anyone's listening they're like oh they're rewriting no we're not rewriting the, show. No. We're just the other version yeah you have um, tubes to think versions yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah but it, you know that way that way you know it can appeal to to the people who do want to you know bring their kids to it but then also for mom and dad to you know see it and not have to worry about laughing at the inappropriate jokes you know they can yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah so this is the one that was written by new york-based playwright matt cox and it premiered in 2015, and it was on uh, Off Off Broadway at the People's Improv Theater in New York City. So that's where it started out. So, yeah, it's it's still pretty new. Yeah, yeah. This is a season that's full of a lot of new new material. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's neat. Uh, which is really exciting. Yes, right. really nice. Absolutely. Well, and it sounds like, um, well, and you're making it so that there's a lot of opportunities for families, too. So yeah. that's great. And then... So that's in March, March through first part of April. Yep, yep, March 24th through the 26th, and uh, uh, March 31st through April 2nd. There you go. And then the never-ending story. Yes, indeed. Oh, I love this movie. (laughs) Yes, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid (laughs) as well. Um, And so this adaptation of the never-ending story uh, is, again, produced by Acting Up, our after-school program, and uh, with those students from grades five through eight. And, you know, it does tell it tells that that classic story that we know from uh, from the the movie. Uh, But this is adapted from the novel that the movie is based on. So they're. You know, yeah. sub differences. Okay. Um, but you know, of the of the young boy being bullied, and then he finds this book and finds himself sucked into it. So, cool. How, is there a Falcor character? I, you know, I don't know because I'm not. That's part of our education oh. series, and so our our associate oh, director, your associate director, uh, student. Tyler Rini has to worry about that. Uh, I was going to say, I puppet? don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, there, there, there could be puppets, Sherry. I get excited about puppets. Me too. I, it doesn't matter that I am an adult. It's okay. I yes. like oh them. no, no, I, yeah, I do too. I, um, you know, I I joke that uh, my directing, my comedy directing style is based on a combination of the Muppets and Scooby Doo. Excellent. So, you know, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Nope. Yep. yep. That's great. Um, but yeah, no, and we and we've used um, uh, puppetry before in our youth shows. Um, when mm-hmm. we did um, the Hobbit a few years ago, uh, we uh, had this beautiful dragon um, created out of uh, paper mache uh, and uh, it was huge and it was this this puppet that had all these little mechanisms and her eyelids uh, or his eyelids uh, closed and opened and it was it was amazing wow neat neat and that's just the thing and it's one of the reasons that we decided to do the podcast there's just so much work going to each of into each of these productions and there's just so much work just like you're talking about into certain aspects of a production, you know, making the dragon and making it articulated. And oh, yeah. it's just, yeah, it, you can't help but not want to talk about it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and just like when you're with Singing in the Rain, we we actually in July it it rained in our auditorium. Yeah. Uh, and Neat. that was one of the things that uh, it was really fun every night of the show um, where the audiences, when it would start to rain, the audience would like gasp. They'd yeah. be like, oh! and, and not gasp as in shock, but gasp yeah. as in awe. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, they would all say that they didn't even realize because there was a there was a trough built into the front of the stage mm-hmm. and everything so that it rained down and that's where the water stayed. And, um, but everyone was like, I didn't even notice. And I was watching and I didn't see where the rain was going. And I was like, <laughs> why isn't the stage soaked? And right. yeah, that's so awesome. It, it's just that, that fun sort of thing, um, that you can't get from watching a CGI special effect in a movie, right. um, you know, to share us, to share a space with 200 other people and all of you experience that moment of magic mm-hmm. uh, together is really what makes doing theater really worth it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's funny, um, Chris and I have been talking a lot about just some of the basics of theater because because he's he's more the actor and I'm more the um, theater goer. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was always raised that when I go into a theater, you, you're you're quiet even a movie theater you don't laugh you don't go you know you don't make any noise i mean not heckling but just you know you're quiet and i think actors and, and people don't realize that uh, those actors really love it when they hear you laugh oh yeah and they oh, love yeah. it when you you know when you have a reaction need it that's not heckling but you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and they feed off of that and i think a lot of people don't realize that they think they're being polite and so they're quiet but actually it's kind of fun when they're not so. mm, yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, as long as they're you know appropriately reacting, (laughs) as opposed to answering their cell phone or something like that. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And then you're gonna finish your season out with quite the brass bang. (laughs) Yes, yes. We're wrapping up uh, the season with the Music Man in June, June 9th to the 11th, and the 15th through the 18th, and. uh, you know, you don't need to go to New York to see Hugh Jackman. Um, Hugh's coming here. Yay, He's a friend. Hugh. Um, and no, no. <laughs> Foster is no, 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 no. Tom no. Sutton, but that's not. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but you know, the Music Man is one of those shows that um, just really touches a lot of people for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, it, it's got just that beautiful sense of nostalgia. Um, and the songs are all just so good. Uh, it's all just so Great catchy. It's just songs. a yeah. classic example of, of of old school Broadway. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know we're really excited to be doing this show. We did this show actually in my second season here. Mm. Um, so that was uh, that would have been in '99. Okay. Um, is is when we did the show last. Um, and you know. Things have changed as far as as uh, production values around here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot more fancy lighting equipment and yeah. things that, that we can pull off now. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to um, for us as an organization to revisit that show. That'll be uh, and uh, but the thing that will still remain true um, with that show is the heart of the show. Yeah. And just that the beautiful warmth and, and again, that community experience, that music man mm-hmm. um, really above uh, most other shows brings when, uh, when an organization produces it. Right. And then you'll, you'll have also your own, probably your own brass musical instruments as part of your, your pit and <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh. we will. Yeah. Yeah. We generally, you know, uh, we, we rarely um, use tracks or anything yeah. uh, throughout the pandemic. We did right. um, sure. just because we didn't want to squish musicians um, uh, together backstage. Right. Um, but yep, we'll, we'll be doing live, a live band, maybe go. not 76 trombone players. Right. Maybe but, not quite. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not on the double bell euphonium. Maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. <laughs> and there's not much room for a timpani. Uh, so, you know, we'll just see. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, what an exciting season. And when do you normally announce your seasons? Is it in, in May or June? 
I'm thinking. Yeah, we'll normally we'll normally announce our season um, in April. April. Uh, um, late April, early May is when we announce okay. uh, our season, and our season runs, um, you know, like a school year. So uh, right. uh, July, okay. July to June, July to June is yeah. when our season. Uh, but fiscal year runs, um, and then our regular season usually starts in September through June, and then our youth season starts in July, uh, and then with the two shows that run through uh, after school shows, and it'll run through May. Okay. Okay. Well, you have quite quite the lineup, and I know it's going to keep you super busy. And oh, yeah. You know, it's it, like... it, it, it does. It keeps us out of trouble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trouble with a capital T that runs with P. Yeah, for poo. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, it. Well, and you know yeah. you're talking to the Music Man household here too, so yeah. he, he's with you since he was. Yes, I'm with you. Yes, since he was uh, Harold Hill once. Yes, that was my first introduction after 15 years of not being on stage. I decided to go audition down at the loft for Music Man on their last uh, night, and had long hair and ridiculous mustache and everything. And he's uh, like, "Hey, do you, you want to be Harold Hill?" Uh, <laughs> I was like, sure, and I because I love that musical, and and then and then I got the script, and and really, it all started to sink in. I'm like, oh wow, he never leaves the stage, does he? The only time he leaves is to change clothes, and then he goes yeah, back, and I'm much. like, oh my god, I forgot how actually big this part is. <laughs> well, and he uh, he cut his hair. He donated nine inches to Locks of Love. Yeah, I had like oh. hair down in my butt, and, and this was huge. And I just got his done mother doing was a ecstatic. Fair. Yes, yeah. so everything got shaved and everything. But yeah, it was fun. But yeah, God, it was after 15 years. That was like the first thing I did. So it was yeah. like, music band for me was quite the trial by fire uh, again, because it's like, it's not just any old musical. You, you got to sing Trouble. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, and it's not singing. It's, 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 that, it's that seek. The speak singing talk singing uh, yes which was yeah. just designed for robert preston who's just yes. so good at it he just he just it, he's just a natural at it mm. and yeah uh, three days before opening i finally got in trouble yeah <laughs> all, all, all timed out so do, yeah. you, do you have a full-time music director Community players, um, or we do don't. We um, so you know uh, we have a staff of three full-time employees and one part-time. Yeah, uh, I'm full-time. Our associate director who runs the education stuff and and does our scenic painting. Um, he's full-time. Um, our box office person who also uh, is our office manager. She's full-time. We've got a part-time costume librarian. Um, and because you guys have, have been here and seen our yes. huge basement full yeah. of costumes. Yep. Uh, and, uh, but then we hire in um, uh, choreographers, music directors, okay. um, uh, some other uh, stage managers. Uh, and um, um, yeah, I think I listed all of those. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you did. Yeah, and, yeah, and guest directors and stuff, you know, for several shows uh, throughout the season. So yeah. our music directors are, are uh, contract by the show. Yeah quite a production it's just really such a great little theater that you guys have in Beatrice and you really kept in involved in the community so and I know you were doing some history of Gage County at one time mm -hmm. and then you also have been involved in this HBO series Mind Over Murder and, yes. and yes. do you want to talk a little bit about how that all came about and and uh and, and how what that experience was like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> entire experience with uh, Mind Over Murder was really a unique and, you know, ultimately really uplifting and fulfilling experience for not only our organization, but I think for the community as well. For those who don't know, the docu-series directed by award-winning documentary filmmaker Nanfu Wang, uh, well, it, it examines the Beatrice Six. Okay. Um, which okay. a, a lot of people um, are probably aware of, but in nineteen in the late nineteen eighties, a woman named Helen Wilson was uh, brutally raped and murdered, just uh, two blocks from the theater, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow! And six individuals were eventually the case has gone cold, and then six individuals were eventually arrested and convicted. Uh, of the crime okay. but then several years later dna exonerated all six of them oh. and proved that there was a other person who actually committed the crime yeah uh. 
and so they were they were released from prison and then uh, and then of course filed a wrongful conviction a lawsuit because of some of the things that happened during the investigations and the trials and they were awarded i forget the number right off the top of my head but millions of dollars and what really has kept kind of stoked this in the public consciousness here in Gage County um, is the fact that the county is is paying off that settlement uh, and we will continue to be paying off that settlement for many years going okay. forward. And so it's a very divisive topic for the community, for sure. um, not only because of the financial ramifications, but mm-hmm. there's still, I would say, it's 50-50 in uh, Beatrice and Gage County about whether or not you feel that the six people who were convicted actually were involved and committed the crime or whether they were innocent and railroaded. Okay. And so that's kind of the, you know, the background of, of the, the crime that happened Mm -hmm. and it, and it, you know, went on for years. And I, if I remember right, it went all the way to the U S Supreme court. Part of it did. But uh, so then we got an email and this is how our involvement with this project started. We got an email from a producer um, saying that they were going to be making a documentary series about this, but they wanted to create an original play to examine this topic. Okay. And I I got this email, and this was back in probably February of 2020. Hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. And and I thought, well, this is... (laughs) This isn't legit. Right. I'm not going to get a random um, email from someone who claims to be a producer with HBO. Right. Right. About this. I'm like, whatever. Reaching out to the community. Um, You're like, whatever fishing person. Uh, You're my fortune. (laughs) Yeah. For for a low, low fee of 20,000 US dollars. Exactly. And gift cards. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I ignored it. and then maybe, well, a few weeks later, we get a phone call. Uh, and it was that person following up. And when I spoke to her, I, I, I told her, I was like, I did not think you were legit. And yeah. she's like, no, this is, this is legit. And so we were very cautious in agreeing to our involvement with this project, though. Yeah. Because we know how sensitive this topic is. Sure. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I told the producers as we were working on building a relationship was that, you know, we view our organization as something that brings the community together that doesn't not divides the community. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they really respected that. And the other thing I told them is like, I don't want us to look like waiting for Guffman. Mm. Uh, Um, Yeah. No, I don't want us to be made the fools. Yes. Right. Right. Correct. Um, So, you know, between, Myself, our board of directors, and the producers, we had several um, Zoom meetings because um, by about this point, the pandemic was starting to hit uh, and, you know, talked about it, talked about what the, the framework of it was going to be and what the what our part of this series was designed to be was that um, they were going to bring in um, a playwright uh, who was going to also direct the play and the entire play was going to be based on court transcripts, uh, interviews with people. It, it would all be word for word things spoken by the individuals involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't cool. going to, you know, editorialize anything. It was going to, you know, just examine all these circumstances. Yeah. Um, really in a, I think the best way to describe the, this style of, of playwriting is if you're familiar with Laramie Project. Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, it is that, you know, the community is telling its, its own story. And yeah. one of the things that ultimately got us to agree to do it is the fact that, you know, this was going to happen. Okay. And who else should be telling the story in, from our a story from our community mm-hmm. but the community the community yeah. the community itself, itself mm-hmm. yes you know we didn't want um, actors from new york doing this play right who have no lived experience and and um, aren't connected to all of this right, um, right. and even if um, performers in, uh, in omaha would have done this show 
you know, it wouldn't have had the authenticity and and the the heart that the production ultimately came up with. Yeah. And one of the one of the things in the process was it was a very collaborative playwriting process um, with Cecilia Rubino, who is the playwright. And the script was changing constantly based on input from the cast of, I think there were 16 in our cast. Okay. Um, so the, the script was constantly developing and being nu- refined and nuanced. <clears throat> uh, and the show uh, ended with a wonderful monologue uh, that was created, that's not from the dialogue of, of the people involved, okay. but was created by our cast mm-hmm. that, that really kind of explained why they were why we did this okay and asking the community to think about what they saw mm-hmm. and examine their points of view on things mm-hmm. and um yeah it was so powerful yeah. and so moving so yeah. the show got delayed and delayed because of covid oh sure um, and then just tv stuff um which that's you know, TV producers and theater producers speak very similar but very different languages yeah. and very different timeline expectations. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, on their side. <laughs> yeah, well, and they they change a lot uh, more easily than theater producers do. They, mm. uh, oh yeah, very, very you know, much more like, fluid. You know, we're we're very you know we plan our season about a year to a year and a half in advance. Right. Um, yeah. Um, you know, so it was like as as dates kept shifting, it really kept impacting our program. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, you know, we eventually. So the show was performed last August, a year ago, mm-hmm. last okay. week actually. Oh wow! Okay. One of the moments of, I guess you could say, tension in it is that there was some negative blowback on social media once people kind of became aware that we were doing the play. It was very strange. Okay. We heard nothing on social media for the. The show was in rehearsals for four months or something like that. Okay. And uh, it wasn't until the week before where where somebody posted something in a Facebook group that then suddenly everyone started dogpiling on it oh. and saying okay. some very heated things. Um, mm-hmm. And you see some of that in the uh, in the last episode of the series. But so much so that we spoke with the producers and, and our cast was on edge that uh, there was a police presence in the parking lot um, on opening night. They parked their SWAT vehicle in front of the theater and we took a bunch of extra security co- uh, precautions just because some some legitimate threats that were made against our volunteers, which is absolutely terrible. Yeah. But it really became worth it uh, with the final production on good. uh, And I don't want to give too much away uh, (laughs) because I really want to encourage everyone to go on HBO max and watch all six episodes. But in the last episode of the seat of the series, you really see the impact that this play had on the people involved because there were some of the people who were wrongfully convicted, their attorneys, but also family members of Mrs. Wilson, mm. um, who was the victim of this crime, which, you know, who was, this is who, who this crime was about. And that's who should be the focus of all this, like this tragedy right. that happened to her. Right. And so members of her family were there and there was some beautiful reconciliation that happened hmm. uh, as a result of the play nice and uh, I just really want to encourage anyone uh, curious about it to go and watch the series because it really proves the power that art can mm-hmm. have in changing hearts and minds exactly and the name of that series is mind over murder correct yes. And that is yes, on Mind the... Over Murder on HBO Max, yeah. um, directed by Nanfu Wang, who is brilliant. Mm-hmm. She is, uh, oh my gosh. Cool, cool. One of the most brilliant filmmakers out there right now. That's Excellent. exciting. Well, thank you for doing that. It sounds like it was quite the undertaking and, and yeah. then, you know, um, to catch the heat for it. You know, um, theater has just always been in some aspects political it's been um you know it it has been divisive in its own way in telling stories but it's in telling those stories that that um things and people change Mm -hmm. and it's always been that and i think it probably always will be used to tell people's stories because that's the only way people can 
put themselves into other people's shoes and see that perspective. See different so, points of view. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And one of the really gratifying things that came, another of the really gratifying things that came from this project was the fact that we have been contacted by, oh, I don't know how many people from all over the country who have seen our involvement in the in the show and just reached out to say how impacted they were by it mm. and how moved they were and how amazing it was that a small town community theater tackled this and did this this really amazing thing uh, and like i said from all over the country and we've had people um, emailing us asking us about rights for the play and oh, and everything wow. and uh, cool. um, unfortunately they're not available right now they're still yeah. owned by hbo and the playwright ah, okay. um, and so she is working with them on figuring out how to uh, enable future productions of it mm -hmm. cool. um, because we've had attorneys reach out to us and say and say this play needs to be seen by law students to oh. understand the perspective both sides of the perspective both the investigative yeah. and and the and the uh, people you're prosecuting right. uh, nice so yeah it's i it, praise hopefully that show yeah. will have a have a life beyond the the series because i think it really is a powerful piece yeah and uh can really change some hearts and minds so there are some pieces of it that were basically devised by the by the actors that were in it is that yes. how I'm understanding it? The okay. last, yeah, yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. um, and you know the series, the series doesn't show a lot of the play, which is unfortunate. The other thing that we've been hearing people saying is like, "Well, is there a full video of the whole play?" Yeah. Like, uh, well, I'm sure there is somewhere. They filmed all three performances, um, yeah. but, but uh, yeah, we were kind of hoping that maybe it'd be a special feature or something, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, to the series, but it 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 hasn't been yet anyway. Wow, okay. we will all hope right. for you that. That sounds great. Thank you for everything that you do for the community and for rural theater in Nebraska. You're just sure. quite, quite a gem. So <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time and talking to us about the season and everything that you've been doing mm -hmm. and break all the legs. Yes. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you guys for, for your podcast Aww. and for spreading the yeah. word and really being advocates for all the great work that's happening uh, throughout the throughout the area, uh, because there really is just tremendous work going on. It really um, is. All over. And people need to go out, support it, celebrate it, and just be involved. For sure. And I think people are itching to get back to it. You yeah, know? yeah, they're, everybody's they're, ready. We're, all, we're ready I for think. this pandemic thing to be over. Yep, we're ready to get yes. back to it, man. <laughs> sure, man. Well, thank you very much for talking with us today. Jamie Ulmer, the Managing Artistic Director of the Community Players in Beatrice. Yay. Thank you very much for telling us about your wonderful upcoming 2022-2023 season. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.